Buildings have evolved, so let's give them the attention they deserve. This is 10 Minutes to a Better Building, a podcast from the building experts at Boland. We're a building solutions provider with more than 350 professionals and 150 technicians with one goal in mind, to make your building better. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 10 Minutes to a Better Building, a podcast from Boland. I'm your host, Tyler Curran. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode today. Today, we're talking about achieving elite energy star status and the effects of that. And we also have uh, someone here who's going to speak to uh, to the effects of that from uh, from practice. And so joining us here today is Jim Bauer. He's an account executive at Boland. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Absolutely. And we're also joined today by Gary Wine. He's the IT director at Berkeley County Council. Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Good morning. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you both so much for being here today and uh, and for talking about this. Uh, Jim, let's start off here. Uh, we're discussing how to uh, how to achieve elite energy star status and what that means. So, Jim, what are the steps in that? And maybe give us some background into what it means to be elite energy star status. So, in order to achieve it, you need to measure how you're performing. So, as a uh, HVAC company and and uh, energy services company, we when we develop a relationship with a client, we want to be able to have access to their energy consumption, their bills, their energy data. And from that, we can help them start on their getting their energy star rating, right? If we can measure how their building is currently performing, we can tell, you know, we know whether or not there's room for improvement, right? So uh, Lord Kelvin said to measure is to know. So to get that that access to that data will put us on the path to trying to figure out where they currently are compared to like-type buildings, like-type use, like-type geographical area, their peers. The second thing is once we have that data is to get the building connected. So we like to connect to that building through the building automation system because there's a plethora of information, more information than, than most people can imagine. By gathering that information, then we can monitor how that building is performing and and start communicating with the client about scheduling and setbacks and how the building is waking up and going to sleep every day and making sure that is done properly while maintaining tenant comfort. So Gary, from your perspective, you went through this process, right? What, what was that like for you working with Boland and going through those steps and understanding, um, okay, here's how we make our, our buildings more efficient and things along those lines. Just uh, tell us a little bit more about your story and, uh, and your background of working with Boland. Sure. So um, I think it's important to know that, that everything we do, you know, we're a government entity. So we, we have to answer to the tax dollar, to the taxpayers. On a side note, we do everything based on data. Uh, you mentioned my title uh, as the IT director. So I'm, I'm well involved with all of the information. So with Bolin, they made it really easy. They came to us and said, we've identified or we would like to help you identify some of these inefficiencies, some of these problem areas. And we've got this solution uh, that can trap data, uh, trap statistics, and help us speak to your problems from a number scenario. So having done that, uh, Jim was the lead. Uh, They really held our hand, brought everything to the table, and we've made decisions from boilers to ice plants to chillers to to everything and in between, all based on those insights. So it was, I couldn't speak any more highly. So, Jim, you mentioned uh, the importance of having the building connected and Gary being a, a data guy and caring a lot about the data and making decisions based on data. Those those things are obviously linked, right? Tell us a little bit more about the data that can be extracted from a building once it's connected and once you understand uh, here's everything we can measure and you're able to hand that data off to people who are decision makers like Gary. 
So when we connect the building, we're monitoring that building's performance 24-7, 365 days a year, right? Mm-hmm. Reporting that data to the cloud. Uh, our energy engineers and the computers are scrubbing that data, looking for anomalies, looking for system drift. You know, ASHRAE says that a building's performance will drop 30% in the first three years from when it's brand new. 30% drop in performance. All that is due to uh, human error, scheduling, somebody overrides something, or things stop performing as they were designed. A cooling tower uh, has a plugged fill, a chiller has foul tubes, a rooftop unit develops a leak of refrigerant, or coils get dirty, or a VAV box unit is not performing, the reheat's not coming on. So when we connect to a building, we can monitor the, the performance of that building with the energy data that we have, right? We know what it should consume or we know what it currently is consuming. We can drill down to those anomalies or those pieces of uh, equipment that are not performing properly because we know how it should perform and we're comparing how it's performing to that knowledge. And then then that creates actionable items that we discuss with the client and say, hey, if we change this, repaired this, fixed this, adjusted that, we can make positive impacts in your energy bills. And, th- and that's what we do. We, we collect that data, develop a report, review it with the client, and then make changes to positively inf- impact the energy bills. You know, sometimes you can go a little far. You can try to make the building too efficient and maybe affect, you know, uh, tenant comfort. So that's why we like to monitor and communicate with the client, you know, how did this change impact the building? And he may say, well, we started the building too late in the morning and it wasn't up to occupied temperature or down to occupied temperature by the time people started rolling the building. So then we relaxed those those energy conservation measures so that we're not impacting, you know, the client. And Gary, obviously you, you spoke a little bit to this earlier, but um, but but when you're in buildings and facilities like you are, you're, you want to be a good steward of the taxpayer dollars, right? And so doing this is really a good way of of showing that, hey, we're, we're making the most of, uh, of the money that we have to work with. And we want to make sure that we are being responsible stewards of, uh, of what's been given to us, right? Uh, you nailed it, Tyler. I mean, the applied building insights that, that Bolin offers in, in what they have done uh, with some of the equipment replacement, we have seen in some instances as high as 47% energy reduction. So uh, that's not to say that obviously we were doing the greatest before we started, uh, but you know, we're in hundred year old buildings and Jim, one of our buildings over hundred years old is what, 94? Is yeah, 90 before, 94 energy star rating on a zero to 100 scale. Wow. Yeah. So it is, it, we all know it. Um, it's all about the data. Uh, this, this model, uh, this level of service really helps you. And, you know, we focus on numbers and statistics, but and Jim said it, I think now three times I counted, you talk about tenant comfort. Um, we had no tenant comfort. All we had were complaints about the building and the air was too fast or it was too cold or too hot. Uh, since we deployed our latest change in a 75,000 square foot building, hand to goodness, we have had zero tenant complaints. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I imagine that once you get to a place like that where you're not getting in plates, now rather than playing catch up and just trying to get everyone to a place where everyone feels good and isn't complaining about the building all the time, now you're able to think a little bit more proactively about, okay, what else can we do to take this building to the next level, right? Are there any plans or are there any thoughts to any future updates to, to any of these buildings, especially the older ones? So, so let me speak real quick to what he just said. With Applied Building Insights, 
and monitoring this building's performance and, and tenant comfort and energy uh, bills and consumption. We're looking out the windshield, right? We're trying to be predictive, not reactive. We want to see things starting to happen so we can correct them early before they cost you too much money in increased energy spend or cost you pain and agony in decreased uh, tenant comfort, right? So that's what this does. This lets us get ahead of the game and catch the problem before it becomes too big. In the process of doing that and over, you know, in Gary's case, in Berkeley County's case, you know, a handful of years, five, six, seven years or so, we, we've tested and tuned and commissioned this building over and over again and made what was currently on site as far as equipment goes, the best it could, it could be with its technology and its vintage and so forth. So we reached a point where I thought we, we, we couldn't wring too much more out of it. And that started the discussion about end of life usefulness and the efficiency of the current equipment that they were using to create their hot water and create their chilled water or chilled glycol. So we went for a walk and we started looking at those pieces and parts and started looking for holes in the game, um, how they were. This My strategy is always to look at how can I create their hot water and their chilled water as efficiently as possible? What is the best best method to do that using the least amount of energy, right? I try to deploy that. Then I look at how can I utilize that hot water and cold water as efficiently as possible. So taking that strategy, we looked at his boilers. We looked at his chiller. We looked at his fan coal units and air handling units. And then I looked at how can I retrofit those units, how can I replace those units with something that is infinitely more efficient and is going to have a big impact on comfort and energy use? And that's what we did. We came up with a game plan and 2014 did some budget proposals and then gave those to Gary, discussed them, made sure he understood them, digested them, that he could then push those upward to the county council. And we started exercising those projects in 2018, Gary? Yes, sir. 2018. We're not done yet. We have some more to do. That's some uh, that's some fantastic stuff, and uh, and and I like how you touched uh, there, Jim, on a lot of different topics that we've talked about uh, on other episodes of the podcast. I think uh, preventative maintenance is something we've talked about quite a bit, and uh, and and much much more. And so that all stood out to me as um, just kind of rounding out and giving a really good, clear example of the way that Boland really views a building as as a whole, right, and, and tries to look at everything in a holistic manner as much as possible, so you can diagnose and then move forward from there. And that seems to be one of the hallmarks of just all of the conversations that we've had here on the podcast is the importance of taking a holistic look at buildings and and what can be done now and into the future and that sort of thing. Is there anything you'd like to speak on just regarding that? Yeah, I, I think you touched on it a little bit there. The, the meter is on the building. The meter is not on the boiler. The meter is not on the chiller or the rooftop unit. So it's a system approach to to go in there and say, Gary, you need a new chiller. Let's just put in a new chiller. Um, yeah, he needs it, but is, is like you said, is that what's best for the county's budget? Um, just put a new chiller in there. Let's take the opportunity to fall back a little bit and let's look at the system and see how we can use this opportunity of capital replacement to, to amend your system, change your system maybe and make it better than what it is. We put in just components and not look at the whole system. Um, I think 
we're leaving a lot on the table as far as uh, energy conservation goes, reducing that carbon footprint, reducing that gas and electricity consumption. And what's great about uh, Berkeley County and having Gary as a client is he understands and listens to what we're saying and discusses it. You know, we have communication back and forth, the what ifs. Well, if we do this, how will that affect this? And then he also educates himself on the side and is willing to go on a factory trip to St. Paul to the controls, you know, our controls headquarters, and then drive a couple hours south to to La Crosse and look at how chillers are manufactured and sit in on those discussions with those experts who are a lot smarter than I am. And we sit down and have a discussion about Berkeley County. And we picked up more things there that we added to these projects to make their buildings as good as they are currently and get those reductions of almost 50% on their energy bills. Gary, from what, what Jim just said, you know, how important is it to have a relationship like that where you're able to talk things out and, and explore and learn for yourself uh, some of the different topics that they're talking about? Talk to me just a little bit about the importance of that relationship there and, and the trust that that develops. So I, I, we all have to agree that education is paramount to success of anything, right? So one of the things that's really important in, in Boland's transparency is they'll take you to the source, they'll get you to the source. Uh, and get you the answers outside or under the covers, if you will, than what you may or may not have from a typical sales proposal. So uh, we appreciate that. It, it, you know, I'm not a decision maker. You know, I answer to a body. So they present it to me. We discuss. We come up with a solution. Then I, in turn, present it to a body that makes these decisions. So when you're talking about spending, you know, two, three, four million dollars, you know, you really want to be confident you're making good, good decisions. So. All in all, great experience. Appreciate everything that the team has done uh, from the senior leadership clear down to the folks that come and service it afterwards. These things are living and breathing. Uh, these buildings are just like you and I, man. They take maintenance, they take care, and, and we're pretty happy with the outcome. 100%. Uh, and and uh, speaking of maintenance and care, we are coming up and uh, overrunning our time here on 10 Minutes to a Better Building today. But this is such a fascinating conversation and you guys do such a great job of explaining this. Um, so before we wrap up, I want to give each of you an opportunity just to give us any closing thoughts you have, anything you want the audience to walk away with here today. So Jim, let me kick it over to you first. Any final thoughts, anything you want to leave our uh, our audience with before we sign off? I think the most important pieces of this is information and communication, right? There's so much information in a building, in that building automation system, getting that information out, getting that energy bill data, getting the consumption, um, being able to have our smart folks back at our office, our energy engineers crunch that data, and then being able to take that back as a client facing uh, employee of Bowen and, and intelligently communicate that back to Gary to help him understand um, what's going on with this building so then he can make informed decisions on how to make it better. It's all about information. It's all about communication. It's all about connecting that building in Applied Building Insights. It's very powerful. And if you don't use it, you're leaving a lot on the table. It makes you cover a lot more ground with a lot fewer people and to be a lot proactive out the windshield, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that proactive word. Gary, uh, final word from you. Jim said it real well a little bit ago. You know, we're looking through the windshield, paying attention to what's going on. So, uh, the, the insights piece is incredible. Pay attention to the data, make your decisions based on the data and, and have a relationship with people that can pull off the tasks at hand. Works great. Jim Bauer, Gary Wine. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here once again on 10 Minutes to a Better Building and, uh, and sharing your insights and expertise with us here today. I appreciate it. Good. Thank you. Thanks, Tyler. 
Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of 10 Minutes to a Better Building. We hope that you enjoyed it very much. Like I mentioned earlier, this is episode number 25, I believe. And so uh, if you missed any of our previous episodes, make sure to go back and check out all of those episodes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can head to Boland's website as well to learn more and to get in touch with experts like Jim who can help uh, help you understand your building better as well. And so uh, make sure to do all of those things and stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of 10 Minutes to a Better Building. But for this one from my guests today, Jim and Gary. I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.